Welcome to Live Your Full Life Now podcast. So this is our second teaching on the subject. The title is Worship Wins the Battle. And uh, during the first teaching, pretty much I just went over the definition of worship and uh, what is the difference? What are the results when we're going through a hard time through a trial, when we our focus is on God, on his qualities, and then we decide to worship him and giving thanksgiving, um, either for the good things that we still have in us or for the outcome of this trial and uh, versus when we focus on the problem and the, what, what's the result of that and how does it affect us? How does it affect our lives and specifically our attitude? So uh, we talked about that. I shared with you guys an example in the New Testament. And this is when Peter uh, walks on water, which is a miraculous things that happens because he, uh, puts his faith in God and Jesus, and he looks at him, and he said, if it is you, bid me to come, and Jesus said, come. In other words, it is me. And this miracle happens where Peter can walk on water, but as soon as he takes his mind off Jesus and looks at the storm, he becomes afraid, and he starts sinking. Um, so I did share that story during my first teaching, and now I want to share another story in the New Testament, and that's in Acts uh, 16. I'm going to be reading some verses from that, starting from verse 16, actually, in Acts. And this is when Paul and Silas were in prison. Um, so this is how the story goes. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and, and fastened their feet in the socket. So I'm going to stop here for a second and kind of just go over what I just read. So basically, Paul and Silas, you know, going on about their own business. And this girl who is a fortune teller, who is a slave girl, who brings money to her owners by um, telling fortune because she has a demonic spirit, follows them. And finally, they get fed up with her. And Paul knows what's going on. And he speaks to the spirit that's controlling her. And he says, I command you to come out of her in the name of Jesus, and the spirit has to obey. So then what happens, this girl is of no good anymore to her uh, owners because that's how she brought them money, by fortune-telling. But she couldn't do that anymore. So because of that, they get frustrated with them, and they bring accusations, and then they take him um, you know, um, to the magistrate. And so now the whole town is against them. They are stripped and beaten with rods. And then after they're severely flogged, then they're put in prison. So they're bound and chained in the prison. And what do they do? I mean, they pretty much just turn around and told the little girl to stop, right? They rebuke the demonic spirit out of her. 
so now the focus is now they're in prison. And, I'm, you know, when I was reading this, I was thinking, I wonder how our attitude would be. Because Paul, after he, um, you know, after he converted uh, to Christianity, he dedicated all his life to spread Christianity, right? Uh, majority part of the New Testament is written by Paul. How he goes to different cities and he plants seeds of Christianity. So he pretty much sacrifices his whole life, his whole life to spread Christianity, to, to preach the gospel. And I was thinking, man, if it was me, I would say, really, God, after I've, of everything I've done, um, couldn't you stop this? You know, we've done nothing wrong, but we're doing good. We're working for you. And you allowed this to happen. These people took us, you know, they, um, you know, we were severely flogged. And for what? Like, we didn't do anything wrong. And now why didn't you protect us? Why did you? He didn't say that. <laughs> you see how different Paul's attitude is than what our, our attitude should have been. So I'm going to read you the rest so you know exactly how Paul reacted to the situation. And this starts in verse 25. We're still in Acts 16. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chain came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. So I'm going to stop here. So what happens is during this time of trial and hardship, this situation that seems so unfair and not just, right? Paul and Silas, instead of nagging and complaining, or maybe not even nagging complaining, but being completely like tired and exhausted and in pain and agony because they were, remember, beaten uh, and they were flogged. It says severely flogged. So they were definitely in physical pain, not to mention in a mental anguish. But what do they decide to do? It says at midnight, they start praying and singing hymns to God. There's, they start worshiping God at midnight and not just under their breath quietly for themselves because they're afraid, but out loud where other prisoners can hear them. And because they're in such a worship mode that they didn't make it about themselves at all. They're, they're probably thinking, I don't care. This is not about me. This is about God. And we're going to give him thanks and praise him. Just because of that attitude, God does a supernatural thing where all their chains fall off. This, the prison doors are flew open. And not just them, but all the other prisoners in there benefited too from their act of worship. So I just that's an amazing story to um, refer to when we're facing trials like obviously it's hard in the natural to give thanks and praises when we're facing something that is maybe causing us physical pain and anguish if not physical pain if we're not affected by it but maybe mental anguish you know but we just have to remember but this is when we're in a state of worship no matter how the enemy is attacking us we're in it's in a place where we're in faith and because of we're in faith and god's power moves on our behalf to do the battle and bring us the victory. You know, so focusing on God and our creator, who's the creator of heaven and earth, who has power, his power surpasses all things, and he has answered to any and all problem, and victory comes from him. So if we keep our focus on that and not on what's going on and how we're being, how we're suffering and what's happening to us, then I believe that's when God's power starts moving because one, we're saying, Lord, we trust you. 
we have faith in you. No matter what's going on, we know you're in control and we know you're going to turn this for good and you can restore things. You know, one is, you know, there's two ways we can be grateful. One, that while we're going through a trial, you remember Psalm 23 says, as you walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, for he is with you, his rod and staff, they will comfort and protect you. So one, one way we can be grateful and thankful and give praises is we can thank him for the things that are right. You know, there's no way that everything in our life is wrong, is broken. There are some things that are right, some things we can still be thankful and give blessings for. All you got to do is look around you and find something to be thankful for. And the other way we can be thankful for is the victory at the end, the light at the end of the tunnel. And the good things that God will use out of this trial to benefit us. That's what the Bible says, that he will use uh, the trials uh, for our good. Even the bad things that happen, he will use them for our good when we depend and rely on him, when we go to him. So um, that's how we win the victory. That's how we will have victory and how we can win the battle by giving praise and thanksgiving. Remember, one, for what you, what's going on right now as far as the blessings in your life. Two, for victory at the end that we haven't seen, we haven't experienced, but we have faith and God's love and power for us that there will be victory over this. And praising and thanking, thanking him in advance is telling God, we trust you and we believe in you and we are looking into the future and we believe that that's what's going to happen, that your will be done. So I think that's a great example uh, of uh, being in faith in times of trial and hardship and giving thanks and praising God during our time of trials and hardship. So um, during the next teaching, I will be sharing stories from um, the Old Testament and how um, stories, situations where, where they chose to give, again, worship, the, give uh, thanksgiving and praise and worship God and turn to him in times of trial and how God supernaturally delivered them from the trials that they were in. So hopefully these teachings are helping you to see things a little differently and to depend and rely on God and his goodness, no matter what. So um, I will continue this teaching. And until then, God be with you and God bless you.